This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolet. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Hey guys, welcome to Tinfile Tales. I'm Sauce. Welcome, I'm Sandy. Even though it was a few weeks ago now, I think we need to recognise we have a new boss. So I guess this is where we say, God save the king. Did you swear your allegiance to King Chuck Sauce? I most certainly did not. I am loyal to one king and one king only, thank you very much. To be honest, I was too busy paying attention to the bloody crowns that they were putting on his head. I can't with the crowns. I don't have the brain space for it after spending so much time working out which ensign is the right one. I know, I know, I know, I know. I need to invest some time into actually understanding the significance of the crowns though. So if someone's got a link to a video or something I can watch because I cannot find the energy to try to decipher it using Brewer's Telegram channel. All she just keeps saying about is the papal crown is bad. And the other one's better. But and something about the arches being upward but, and downward. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I must be missing something because I just don't understand why it matters. But I did, this is what I found. So the St. Edward's crown was named after Edward the Confessor, who was later canonized, becoming St. Edward. Hence, it's called the Papal Crown because the Pope canonized him. And it had been used to crown kings and queens since the 13th century. The original crown was melted down when the monarchy was abolished, hooray, during the war in 1649. And a new crown was made in 1661. But it was bloody heavy. So no one actually wanted to use it. (laughs) So it wasn't used in a coronation from 1689 to 1911 when George V brought the tradition back. Ah. Maybe it's got something to do with that. I don't know. But given it's so heavy, and to make sure it doesn't fall off people's heads, they actually substitute the imperial crown during the second part of the coronation. That's all I know. There's actually four crowns I've discovered, but I don't understand what the actual issue is. Well, because you're also, you're trying to decipher the real factual way of it. (laughs) And then you're trying to decipher the alternative, which is Karen and the king. Correct. So I don't know. But one thing I do know, and I thought I would take this opportunity, is to talk about the Stone of Schoon, which made its journey from Scotland for the big day. And it is a much more interesting piece of history. So I thought I would tell you all about it. Excellent. Straight from a Scottish person. Correct. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So in about 700 BC, the stone was allegedly set upon Ireland's Hill of Tara and used for the crownings of ancient Irish kings. So when the Celtic Scots seized it, in brackets, stole it, 
it was transported to the Scottish village of Scone, hence why it's called the Stone of Scone. Ah. Where it was then encased in a coronation chair for Scottish kings. After the Sassanacs, in brackets, the English, invaded Scotland, led by Edward I in 1296, the stone was stolen and it was whisked away to Westminster Abbey, where he had it fitted into the bottom of a special wooden throne known as the coronation chair. Henceforth, the inclusion of the rock in English coronations was meant to symbolise Scotland's inclusion under the English crown. Altogether now, boo. Okay, boo. (laughs) (laughs) According to legend, a prophecy was actually written on a piece of metal attached to the stone. And here's the translation by Sir Walter Scott. Unless the fates be faulty grown and the prophet's voice be vain, where'er is found the sacred stone, the Scottish race shall reign. Order! Order in the court! Boy, there's been a lot going on in the courtrooms of Australia, so let's get into it. First up, let's talk about a case that was originally worked on by ex-lawyer to the Freedom family, Serene Tefaha. Back in July of 2020, nine public housing towers in Melbourne that housed around 3,000 people were forced into an immediate lockdown. It was announced around 4pm and for most residents, the first they knew about it was when hundreds of police and Department of Health workers were swarming the complex. In total, the lockdown lasted two weeks. Look, it was a shit show. It was really horrible. People weren't given the opportunity to shop for food or nappies or medication. People were very scared. Look, a lot of the people in the towers are new Australians who have come from countries where a knock on the door from the cops meant you're being hauled off and your family might never see you again. Food was arranged for them, but there was not much attention paid to dietary requirements, things like halal, vegan, low salt. People were writing signs that said, help us, and putting them up in their windows. I remember when Unsung Heroes, the Sikh volunteers of Australia, arrived with vans full of healthy, homemade, culturally appropriate food. It was awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, those uh, Sikh volunteers are amazing, though, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So Serene jumped on this pretty quick. And in fairness, it wasn't really about the cabal or globalists. She was enraged that the residents of the towers were being treated very differently to the wider community. And she was right. But then she started to use the case as a vehicle to get on the speaking circuit at protests and on Facebook Lives. And she started spouting stuff off about pedophile judges. So you knew things were going to go left. Then the money started pouring in. And we mean pouring in. Around the same time Serene started to come to the attention of the Legal Services Board due to her conduct in cases that she'd been working on and her behaviour at protests. Medical officer at federal uh, government has released a report that says it's not highly infectious. So what the fuck are you doing? And then you say it's life-threatening and the causal fatality rate that you publish online on government websites says it's not. It's called insanity, it's madness. 
madness. They're telling you something in your face and they're doing something exactly the opposite. This is gaslighting. This is abusive behavior. This is not on and we will call them out. And if these judges are going to be corrupt, we'll call the judges out. We'll keep calling all of them out until there's revolution on the streets. And if we need to shed blood for peace, then so be it. So be it! End result? She lost her license, had her bank accounts frozen and an administrator was appointed. She did not take it well. I'm coming for you all. I haven't forgotten. Oh yeah, this girl is good at being patient. Oh yeah. I'm so good at being patient, at letting things unfold, at humiliating you publicly and shaming you for who you are. You think because you got a dick and you can brew some beer that you got it over me. Mate, I've got brains. I've got brains. Okay, and I've got an eye bleed. So you better fucking back off. Do you fucking get me? You better back off if you want to know what's good for you. You and your fucking pathetic firm. Well, you think you got the boys out on me now? Oh, yeah, get the brewery boys on me out now. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I'm so scared. Watch me being scared. Not. Well, the installments continue and the theatre shall begin. Let me see what you say when I fucking cross-examine you, you pathetic twat, about the legal profession rules. <laughs> You fucking know shit about it. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we manage you, therefore we can charge you anything we want. It's, it's in the rules. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's in the rules. Uh, sorry, that's not what the section says. So which services have you been providing? You're a law, you, you're manager of a law firm, so you need to show that you're providing legal services. That's the only way you can incur costs. Oh, no, 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 no. We've been told we can It's not enough, you absolute douche. You and Jacob Alljohns and anyone in Holland Wilcox that thinks they can step over the line with me. So you better hear that loud and fucking clear. I'm coming for you. Serene believes that as she had just submitted the paperwork at the court for the Housing Towers case, this was the reason the Legal Services Board intervened, at the command of Dictator Dan, not for her behaviour in court cases or for making outrageous comments about sitting judges. (laughs) The Housing Towers case was handed off to the law firm that ended up securing a $5 million settlement for the residents recently. Of course, Serene took a fair amount of credit for the win, but thanks to Vaxatious Litigant, we know that the new firm basically threw out everything Serene had worked on and started again. Of course, Serene will continue to say that she was the architect and that she's the best at writing briefs and that she's the only person who could have brought this case. You and I understand the law more than you, uh, and I know how to craft really amazing cases, winnable cases, cases that are just so in your face that you cannot deny their truth. Um, And I was silenced. 
I was muzzled, I was censored for so many reasons, not just for the public housing towers, for my work on the national class action that I was about to file, uh, for all my work on the cases with the with the child sexual abuse and, and, and uncovering it all, formulating the Children's Commission, attacking, the, the, exposing the deep corruption, the underbelly uh, of uh, police and corrupt police officers and corrupt family court judges. And that was why they took my license, because I was a lone voice, one lone voice that could scream out loud, really loud, but also understood the system so forensically well. Sticking with Serene, the case of Vicky, a woman who was refused a place on the heart transplant register due to her refusal to have the COVID vaccine, was back in the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal for closing argument and judgment. A quick reminder that the outcome of this case was never to put Vicky on the transplant list. VCAT can't make that determination. It was whether the Alfred had breached Vicky's human rights, with Serene saying she was part of a protected class and therefore telling her to get vaccinated was in contravention of that. In the words of vexatious litigant, Serene says people with Vicky's condition are disadvantaged because the adverse effects from the COVID vax are greater for her than others without her condition. Hmm. But people without Vicky's condition don't need a heart transplant. Unfortunately, in the past few weeks, some additional and routine testing by the Alfred revealed that Vicky is incredibly sick and would require multiple organ transplants. There was much discussion around how to proceed with this case, as regardless of the outcome, Vicky is no longer eligible for a heart transplant given her dire health. The parties agreed to continue with closing statements, but that the senior member would not rule until Vicky has had time to consult with senior counsel on the best way forward. Serene's closing arguments were mainly about Dr Christopher Neal and how the fact that he has never acted as an expert witness before somehow made him more of an expert than the hospital's experts. The senior member, however, had some thoughts on the veracity of his evidence, stating... Dr. Neal didn't say anything in his witness statement about his suspension or his affiliation with vaccine political groups. If the Alfred hadn't cross-examined him about these matters, I would not have known. His failure to disclose these matters is potentially misleading. Serene used a lot of big words, and I'm sure that, you know, she convinced herself, as she always does, that if I use a lot, a lot of big words all in one sentence, that somehow it will sound like I'm lawyering. At one point, one of Vicky's supporters was admonished by the senior member and told to stop nodding their head along with Serene's points. They didn't listen. Not five minutes passed and they were in trouble again. Oh, God. Then it was time for the lawyer representing the Alfred to give their final thoughts. And those final thoughts really focused on the experts that were called in this case. Dr. Neil a bookkeeper who used to work in a research lab who doesn't believe in COVID vaccines, and Dr. Sai, A witness so terrible, Serene actually had his evidence, her own expert's evidence, struck from the record. Oh, wow. <laughs> in terms of Dr. Neil's evidence, the Alfred believed that given he has no training in immunology, is deregistered, that he didn't disclose his political beliefs and views on vaccination, that his evidence should be excluded. Look, in the end, it was like listening to a live performance of a telegram channel. Lots of unproven facts, lots of misplaced understandings of medical theories and too many familiar names. This is such a tragic story. It really is. 
how many people in this movement have used Vicky as a pawn in their game? This is a real person with a family who will be left behind once the game moves on to the next focus. It's just just sad. It is. I've just been pulled over by the cops, probably because I'm outside of my 5Ks, but um, we'll see what happens. So I just thought I'd put the live stream on just in case. I don't know why I just took my seatbelt off. That was stupid. Hi Monica, Hi. how are you doing? Good, you? We're just from the Springvale Police Station. Sure. Uh, at the moment, we need to have a chat to you about um, a matter of incitement, so I need to place you under arrest for that, okay? Pardon? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? You do not have to say I do anything, but I think you say to you, may report and give evidence. Do you understand that? Do you understand that, Monica? No comment. Okay. Please share this video as much as possible. Right. Monica Smith has Can just been arrested for just incitement. Can you for me, please? Next in this week's episode of Law and Order Criminally Inept is the one, the only, Monica Smith. This case for Monica marked the end of a protracted legal battle that saw her turn into the Queen Bee of the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre, get engaged to her beloved, and bank serious coin while sitting in a cell writing a memoir. (laughs) The clip you heard was from that fateful Karen Brewer day in 2021 when Mon Mon live-streamed her arrest. What an iconic moment. I remember that one really clearly that day. Have you been following me? It's one of the best moments in this war, in my opinion. So she was arrested and charged with two counts of incitement and three counts of breaching Cho directions. Her parents' place and Morgan's place were raided and computers were taken. And that had a flow on to the MCJ report, which left Anthony Karen Lave stepping in to host for a couple of episodes. That was so bad. It's a fucking war crime. (laughs) Why aren't aren't they putting him on that Nuremberg (laughs) 2.0 list? That was atrocious. (laughs) He's not made for it. He is not. Fingerprints are taken. Allegations are made. And it's time to set bail. And this is where things really ratchet up. Given she was facing incitement charges, there were some very onerous conditions put forward by the police. Here they are. It is a bit of a list, to be fair. Reside at her specified address. Not to leave the state of Victoria. Not leave place of residence between the hours of 7pm and 6am. To present at the front door of residence during the above hours upon request. Abide by any curfew imposed under the current state of emergency restrictions and present at the front door during those curfew hours as requested. To abide by CHO directions, if not wearing a mask due to medical reasons, to obtain and produce within 24 hours a medical certificate to the police, not to publish on any social media platform or any website or via any electronic communication service, any material inciting any person to fail to comply with the chill directions or allow a medium under her control in full or part to do so, not to incite any person to fail to comply with directions, all business-related social media accounts and groups controlled in part or in full by the accused are within 48 hours to remove any materials which incite opposition to the chill directions 
it's a bit of a list, not finished yet, not to share, copy or distribute in any way any material which incites opposition to the chill directions either via online social media or by any other means, including, but not limited to, letter drops or encouraging anyone else to do so, not to attend any protest in any capacity during state of emergency, not to disclose or cause to be disclosed to any person the name of the informant or any police officer involved in the investigation on any public forum, including, but not limited to, Reignite Democracy Australia's website. Well, that's one that's probably should be on there. <laughs> and look, that's a lot of conditions. But a normal person would sign the bail conditions and then immediately instruct their solicitor to appeal the conditions from their lounge room. Ah, but not Monica. Nope. She refused to sign them and was taken into custody and placed on remand. Remember, this is 2021, so the pandemic is very much in full flight. So any new prisoners are put in solitary confinement for a period of time. Monica then refused to do a COVID test, so was kept in solitary confinement for longer. This then resulted in a series of proof of life type videos from her parents filmed in their caravan. Family photos in the background and I'm pretty sure statues of the Virgin Mary were produced at one point. We heard stories about her bravery, her commitment to the cause, and of course we heard that God was protecting her. And we also heard this. And what is incredible for us to say is that um, they, uh, they did not want to be paid. So they said, no, we do this pro bono. And um, I was, yeah, incredible. So um, I did say to them that I wanted to, to pay them, both of them. And they both said to me, you, if you want to pay us, that's fine. But we will give you the charity that we want the money to go to. So this video is a perfect example of how this movement works. While Mr. and Mrs. Smith are staring into the camera, proudly de declaring that the lawyers are working for free, the GoFundMe is being pumped out across every possible channel and the money is rolling in. It rolled in really big. <laughs> he, he actually realizes halfway through that clip and says, I've told them I want to pay them. Sauce, how many comments did we post of videos of people praising Monica, oh. pointing them to the fact that her lawyers were working pro bono, yet she was asking people for money? They didn't care. They just opened their wallets, no questions asked. So after 22 days in jail, she returns to court and is issued new bail conditions, walks out the front door into the loving arms of the Prince of Pale, who very quickly puts a ring on it. I mean, I would have too, given how many hundreds of thousands of dollars she left jail with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's the revised bail conditions. She must reside at her specified address and not change that address without the leave of the court. She must not commit an offence against the Public Health and Wellbeing Act. She must not incite any other person to pursue a course of conduct that involves the commission of offence against the Public Wellbeing Act. She must not disclose or cause to be disclosed the name of the informant or any police officers <laughs> involved in the investigation. Sorry, I keep getting stuck on that word informant because... It's an interesting word. Sounds awfully like someone daubed her in. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know who it was, but anyway. Me too. 
The incitement charges were subsequently dropped, but given the breaches of the Cho directions were on the same charge sheet, she continued to be under these bail conditions. She could quite easily have pled guilty to breaching the directions and maybe copped a fine, but nope, she wanted that final day in court. Her day against the global cabal. Her day against Dan Andrews. So the big day rolls around. She gathers up a loyal group of supporters and they head into court. And luckily for us, the magistrate court streams cases, so we all got to see all of this play out. Firstly, the screen names on the Zoom call. (laughs) We had Concerned Citizen, Micro P. Morgan. We stand with Monica, six-point star, John Cutesack. Monica's gloves and someone had a sticker on their camera highlighting the protest that was due to happen on the 20th of May. Monica was doing a lot of exasperated sighs. There was a lot of, oh, dad comments. And then she was asked to move because she was actually sitting at the prosecutor's table, not the defendant. So she had to pack up all her stuff and shift across. (laughs) Monica has the lawyer from RDA Legal with her, but rather than use his services, she decided to go it alone and ask the court if she gets stuck, can she ask him a question? Weird moment number one, the arresting officer is called and he gives his name, to which Monica says, wait, you're not Alex. And the cop says, uh, yes, I am. And Monica says, are you sure? (laughs) The look on the cop's face, he's like, uh, yeah, I am. (laughs) Weird moment number two, the police looked to restrict the name of the person's house Monica was visiting the day of the arrest, stating that it would protect that person. Monica says, nope, it was Professor Ian Brighthope. The basis of her case is that how was she supposed to know that there were any Cho directions? She didn't (laughs) receive a letter telling her about it. So if she didn't know about it, how could she breach it? What a a defence. What a (laughs) defence. The queen of telling everybody all about the directions. But anyway, a snippet of what she said. I'm not disputing that I attended these locations and also not disputing that I breached the directions, but I shouldn't be expected to completely know the directions as they change so much. (laughs) And even though she pled not guilty, she then said, yep, I did it to just about everything. She was at pains to say that she didn't want the time she had spent in jail to be brought into consideration by the magistrate. Eventually, it was Monica's time to speak, and she led with, I am rebutting. (laughs) 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 And she gave everything, and I mean everything. There was anger recrimination, actual fake tears. COVID is a hoax. The government are covering things up. That her interview with Professor Brighthope was actually a public service. That it got over 100,000 views on Rumble. And the topic was about how if you just get your vitamin D levels up, you might not get COVID, in her words. So all I was trying to do was spread that news, which was so important for Australia. And that was my way of protecting the people. But not the elderly when she wants to go shopping, right? <laughs> exactly. Ah, and we've seen we've seen all this, like the fake tears. Oh. We've seen how she she's very dramatic. She's very yep. good at it. Monica was in full flight at this point. She was huffing and puffing, doing her signature sigh, getting tongue tied. So much petulance. She continued to pontificate about her struggles. She revisited her entire story. She cried again. 
She spoke about getting people shot with rubber bullets. She spoke about talking people out of suicide. And of course, she spoke about the 22 days of hard times, even though she said she didn't want it as a consideration. But I just have to stop for a second. The level at which Monica can portray herself as a saviour is unmatched. The hypocrisy is unbelievable. Let's take a listen. I don't know what to do. Like, I know I pretend to feel to always have the answer, but I don't. And I'm hoping as individuals, you can all get angry and use that in a positive way. I'm not advocating for people to set fire to themselves, obviously. I'm, this anger is coming because of what this woman felt like she needed to do. She felt like this was the only way to get attention to what is going on. From what, I, from what it looks like to me, she was willing to give up her life for this. And that in itself, no matter what the backstory is, that in itself is something heroic. I'm not saying what she did is heroic. I feel terrible for what she did and I don't know how she is mentally and I don't know how she is physically after what happened. But this is just a sign of how desperate we are to stop the murders. The Sorry, I'm sorry. I just, I feel so bad putting out such a negative message to you because I never do that. So this is her talking someone out of suicide. She really is a horrible person. She really is a horrible person. So in the end, she's found guilty with no conviction recorded. And given the time she spent in jail, no fine. So she lost and won at exactly the same time. She then ran down the hall to her second hearing of the day, which relates to posting her last court case online. Of course, she is pleading not guilty, even though it was published on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, and Telegram. I watched it at the time too, Correct. so I don't know what she's... <laughs> but I object. Can we rewind for a minute? So her defence was she didn't know about the Cho directions. So if she didn't know, why would she arrange protests? If she didn't know, then why did she start RDA? And if she didn't know, why did she have a bus? It's so frustrating. It is so frustrating. And I think for all of us who have watched this journey with Monica, it was frustrating. I think more so because, you know, the dropping of the incitement charges just made everyone so mad. And it was like, these were the final things kind of hanging over our head. And I actually felt bad for the, the police prosecutor because he actually wanted to show some videos and he wasn't allowed to. And I think mm. that that really changed the way the case played out because this, but I didn't know. And if I didn't know, and I think if he'd got to be able to show his videos of her going, hey, these directions suck, it yeah. would have maybe pulled that rug. But in the end, all she was ever going to get was a fine. Yeah. And look, uh, RDA made money off giving people advice about what to do with around the directions. So Correct. She was supposed to be the it girl that should have been on top Correct. of everything. She so knew. I think. I think She's we were all universally, because it just kind of feels like Monica just always skates through in the end. Like yeah, everything comes up roses for yes. Mon. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, she jumped on a plane and went on a walking pilgrimage. And all I'm going to say is I really, really hope when she puts that holy water on, that it fucking burns. <laughs> Before we finish up, let's quickly talk a bit more about Monica and her news that RDA is going belly up. 
I just wanted to highlight a couple of things here to again sum Monica up. First clip is from late 2021. Again, this is the time she said she was confused about COVID restrictions and she thought it was time for sacrifices to happen. So after doing this research, my tone has changed. Why are we locking down our economies? Why are our kids not allowed to go outside or to school? I know this sounds harsh, but someone needs to say this. Back in the old days, kings would have to sacrifice some of their men for the greater good of the country. And I'm sorry if someone you know dies as a casualty of this virus, but we have to look at the bigger picture. Don't you think a 90 year old person who's lived their full lives out would be happy to be a casualty in order to save millions of people's livelihoods and potentially a child's full future? We have to let this virus do its course. Isolate yourself if your immune system is weak. Look after yourself, that's your responsibility. The rest of us need to continue living our lives. It's the only way and we have to do it now. And here she is from the video saying that if RDA didn't get some serious donations, she would have to shut the front door. But ideally, in an ideal situation, you know, 10,000 people would sign up for RDA Connect, um, 500 people would get a business directory listing, and that would be my sign. Um, or you can just straight out donate. And Or if you've got, you know, an inheritance and you're older and you don't know what you're going to do with it, why not support us? If uh, if we don't get an answer in the next two months, um, I'm going to have to close all the services with RDA. I'll keep the business directory open. I'll keep the tools that are already there open, um, but there'll just be nothing new coming out of it because I'm going to go bankrupt if I don't. Like you can see the profit loss. You can see what I'm talking about. I have two months left in me and then that's it. Imagine what it must be like to be such a narcissist. You're right, Sauce. That holy water better burn. Hello, it's Mason Yuck, Fitzroy Villiers Windsor here, with a very special broadcast. It's imperative now that you stay at home and continue turning a blind eye, that you remain hidden, out of sight. Whatever you do, on a Saturday, do not present and instruct at the governor's gate because if you do that Anzac you're going to end our establishment just as we're about to finish you off so please continue turning a blind eye stay out of sight do not prioritize your children by attending at the gate of the governor every Saturday at 10 a.m. to instruct important to us, Freemason in bread filth, that you continue to turn a blind eye, just as you have for decades. Stay home, out of sight. Thank you. Okay, Sauce, we need to backtrack to the amazing week of counter-protests and drag queen story hours that were had, specifically to the amazing event out the front of Oakley Library attended by cancelled drag queen Kitty Obsidian, who did a major FU to the haters by turning up and reading some books. Something else interesting happened that day. Someone who just happened to be in the area, in what actually seems might have been coincidental, checking out the local Masonic Lodge that just happens to be next to the Oakley Library building, you were there and just missed her. 
Tell us what happened. Yep. Karen Brewer was on the main streets of Oakley driving around in that weird car. <laughs> so, what do you look, call it? What's I the car called? Is it, is it Frank? Frank? I think Frank. it's called Frank, isn't I thought, it? At first I thought that was her husband, but I actually yeah. don't know her husband's name. I'm like, is she I talking don't know about, is that Frank driving or is Frank the car? <laughs> I think look, it's the car. She seemed to spend an awful lot of time driving around and around and around actually trying to find a car park because obviously she wanted to put the car right out the front. She could have gone and parked in the Oakley Shops car park and walked over, but I think she wanted the car to be out the front. <laughs> so she had Trish with her, her loyal fan. So poor Trish got kicked out the car at one point and was just like filming Karen driving up and down <laughs> the road. So I'm not sure what that was about. Um, but the funniest part, she actually got pulled over for a random breatho and drug test, as you do when your car looks like that. So she decided to go on a bit about them being costume thugs and that people in costumes couldn't be trusted. But the line of the day went to the cop who, cool as a cucumber, went, isn't your car in a costume? <laughs> <laughs> it did shut her up, by the way. <laughs> and if you see this car, it's got, like, all these big signs on it. Oh. It's got, uh, what is it, uh, Freemasons, other viruses, something like that? Oh, it's, yeah. It's got that. It's got the Constitution on one side. <laughs> Yeah, it's hilarious. It's it's great. <laughs> She's an idiot. But you were there, Sauce. I was. You devil. were right there. I was devil. Look, you I was one her. suburb over, actually having brunch with a girlfriend, and I actually saw like Karen popped up like as an alert, <laughs> and I saw where she was. I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> right there. I quickly bailed on my poor girlfriend. Jumped in the car. <laughs> Drove all the way to Oakley, like ran over there and I'm like looking all around, but I just missed her. Oh, damn. Because <laughs> uh, you were, you had also mentioned it in um, a group, telegram group that we were talking in and you were like, do I, should I go there? I was like, yes, you have yeah. to, you have yeah. to go. Yeah, I was very oh. disappointed, very oh. disappointed. Because you, do you reckon if she, if she was still there, do you reckon you would have gone up to her? Um, I think I would be safe to talk to her because she doesn't really listen to anything. So my, I don't think my voice would give me away. So I would be able to kind of be random and just go, oh, what are you doing here? And like, see if she could like convert me into her cult. Oh, that would be interesting to be like, oh, what's your car? That's really yeah, interesting. That's what are weird. All these what's, what's this? What's this yeah. mean? And then yeah. just get the whole Karen yeah, 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 yeah. Get the whole thing. <sighs> we've got to do this one day. We've got to, we've got to run into her. One day. One day you'll get we there. We can dream. We can dream. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Before we sign off, I just want to quickly talk about the news today that the Rainbow Ball in Wangaratta has been postponed. Another I would really one. like it if people who don't understand why the targeting of story hour events is a problem could get their heads out of their arses for just one minute. And just a reminder here that this event wasn't specifically a drag queen story no. hour this was an lgbtqia plus ball for children for young people so imagine being 14 again do you remember how bad 14 was all that self-doubt all the fear and worries about not fitting in yep now imagine you live in the country and now imagine you're queer and now imagine finding out that the one thing that is safe, that you've been looking forward to, has been postponed because actual grown adults who don't live in the country 
have decided to target your event, have decided to send death threats to the people involved. Imagine how that would feel to that 14-year-old country kid. And if you can't see the damage that this does, the heart that it will cause, the pain for those kids and their families and what they'll all feel as a result of this, if you can't understand any of that, you are an actual cunt. Oh, it's made me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It just it's... upsets me so much that these people are just doing so much harm. They really are. To 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 win, to to win some imaginary fucking woke agenda bullshit culture war shit because someone fucking posted it in a telegram group. Someone who's like neo-Nazi people too, which is even worse. I mean, they're just getting to the point now where they just, all they have to do is just post something and say they're going to turn up and it just gets cancelled. They haven't even yeah. turned up to one event yet. Of course they haven't. And they're not going I, to, I Sandy. Reckon, I reckon call their bluff. That's <laughs> what I see. That's what we said last week. They shot their shot at Eltham. They got 40 people there. I mean, that's how many people show up to marches on the weekend. That's the only people we're talking about. That is who they are. That is the size of their group. There's not fucking 10,000 of them waiting around the corner. There's mm -hmm. 40 of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then the neo-Nazi groups, you know, they tried to stand up on the steps and tried to have their moment and they got kicked out of out of town. And we need to stop being so worried, scared of these people. I agree. And just hold your events. It's you stand up to bullies. You don't walk away. All that That's happens right. is every time they walk away, the next event gets it even worse and the next one gets it even worse. And it just, it's not going to stop. Yeah. It, the only way it'll stop is if... Uh, the people, if you're going to hold an event, you need to plan for this ahead of time and hold your event. And and I think as well that, and we said it last week, all of us need to contact our local councils and tell them we expect them to put on events for the community, all parts right. of the community, not just yeah. the parts of the community that we might like or that That's we right. feel comfortable in, the community. Apologies, everyone. That just That just really bugged me out today. And with that, I would like to remind everyone to follow Rainbow Community Angels who are working on a response to all of this. You can find them over at Facebook and they now have a website. So go check that out at rainbowcommunityangels.org.au. At the time of this recording, there is an event coming up in two days. Soss and I are heading to the Queer Street Festival on the weekend. So we will update you on that on the next episode. And I can't wait for that. I'm sure it will be another great day. I can't wait to do some more singing and dancing. It's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Sunny Sandy L. That's Sandy with two E's and an L and Sauce149. Well done, Sauce, on today's episode, which was all you're doing. We'll speak to you listeners next time. Bye. Bye. biggest lefty you can meet i'm being accused of being right wing i'm like i'm fucking lefty i live in freaking preston reservoir i love beetroot lattes and cinnamon over <laughs> and all
these lefties are attacking me. Like, what the fuck? You're Marxist. You're not lefties. You're all like social Marxist. That's what you are. You all love government. And then the articles that come up, like the ABC, are you guys idiots or something? Like, you guys are the biggest morons of the century. She writes the detention towers is in question. There was nothing mentioned about the detention towers. It's moved to another lawyer. What is the question on that? Oh, the money is of the detention towers. There's nothing in the trust account of the detention towers. They don't listen. They don't read the script. And I'll tell you why they don't read the script. There is no more reporting right now. The journalists are all on Twitter. Now, let's talk about social media. Twitter. Twitter. And they say tweets. Please. Only birds tweets. The bird tweets. The birds tweet and they're so cute and they fly. But we're not tweeting. Twitter. You're on Twitter because you're a twit. Okay? It's a twit, not a tweet. You're a twit. A Twitter. It's not Twitter. It's Twitter. Because when you're on Twitter, they condition you to become a twit. And I'll tell you how they condition you to become a twit. You're not allowed to have more than X characters. So you have all these academics and politicians and journalists. How are we going to fit what we want to say in these characters? So you go on. I tried it once and I'm like, what are people saying? How are you communicating? You're just butchering the English language. Complete and utter butchering of the English language. Oh, and hashtags. Oh, did you like my hashtag? Oh, my hashtag is like super cool. Hashtags. I never got hashtags. What the hell are hashtag this and hashtag that? Oh, you just want to become like, you know, stream it, make it more likely to be visible. I don't give a shit about Twitter. I am not a tweet, so I refuse to use Twitter. And I highly recommend. Now, most of the journalists that are writing these articles about me, and by the way, the, the, the judge didn't give them any right to client information. And ABC, oh, client information orders. You absolute twits. Twits on Twitter. It's like, give me the information. Very quickly, David Escort calls me up. Have you seen my videos? Have you read my website? No, I don't need to. I know all I need to know about you. What? From Twitter. <laughs> and then Instagram. That's right. Instant gram, a gram of coke, a shot, a hit, because you become an addict when you use Instagram. Mm -hmm. Now you can work it out. And Facebook is just your mugshot. Facebook is our ability to surveil you. We know everything you think through Facebook. So Facebook, the book they keep on your face, it's not your Facebook, it's their Facebook. It's the Insta shot that you get, the Instagram and the fix and the twit that they make you on Twitter. Get with the program, folks. Get with the program.